Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University really excited for everybody today because I have, um, I'm, I'm a little starstruck actually, <laughs> I gotta tell you. This is someone who I've, I've grown to know and appreciate over time and, and has become a friend and someone who has been an advocate for exhibitors for, for years and years and just so proud of the work that she's done and someone who I think the, I think she is the person who has the longest running podcast that I know or have ever met myself, which is absolutely amazing to me. Had a podcast before I even knew what a podcast was. So I'm so, so happy to have bring on today Marlis Arnold. And Marlis has helped thousands of trade show exhibitors gather more qualified leads, outshine their competition, and maximize their exhibiting investment. She's written two books on the subject. One was Build a Better Trade Show Image and another exhibit design that works. She's the founder of the Exhibit Marketers Cafe and Exhibit Marketers Academy, which is an online education community. In addition to being a familiar industry voice in various publications and podcasts, she hosts her own show, which, which I just mentioned, Trade Show Insights. Marlis, it is an honor. Welcome to Trade Show University. Hey, thanks, Jim. And you were talking about podcasts. Here's just an interesting bit of trivia I just heard this week. The word podcast was coined in 2004. And oh. I started my podcast in 2006. So I wasn't oh. the one of the very first, but I was still pretty early on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely early on, because I don't think I heard the word podcast. Well, let me put it this way. I didn't listen to my first podcast, I think, until 2018. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so I was really late to the game. But yeah, podcasts did not really explode for quite a while until after, you know, after you started. So it would be interesting to to, to hear you know, how you got started. Well, let's start there. You know, what made you want to start a podcast and one about trade shows. Well, obviously, I mean, trade shows have been my passion, like you said, for more than two decades now. So, you know, I was, I had already written my first book. I was okay. doing training and consulting for exhibitors and trade show organizers across the country. And so when I started hearing about podcasts, you know, it was like, oh, this is really cool. And believe me, it was really clunky back then. It would, you know, we didn't have all the great software and tools and even just getting your podcasts uploaded to iTunes was not an easy task back then. But it was like, I thought, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to see how I can do this. And I think my very first episode was I did like a recap of, you know, I walked the show floor at exhibitor at the exhibitor show 
now Exhibitor Live. Okay. And I think my very first episode was a recap of that. And so a lot of the episodes in the beginning, that's what they were, was, you know, like recaps of shows that I went to and things like that. And I didn't do them regularly because it was so much work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I picked up steam probably, you know, like I said, I started in the spring of 2006 And then probably like about 2010, 2011, somewhere in there is when podcasts really started to pick up steam and it became a little easier. And so that's when I started focusing on it a lot more, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I mean, I started out, it was all just me doing solo episodes. And then over the years, I do a lot of interviews like this and, Mm -hmm. you know, bring in all the different kinds of experts from, you know, all different sides of the industry so it's been a lot of fun and i've met a lot of really fascinating people this way when people ask me what's the best part about doing a podcast i'm like it's meeting these people it's Mm -hmm. meeting so many amazing people that i never would have had opportunity to and not only do i get to meet them i get to i get to ask them questions that i want to know exactly want to know as well well in my background my very first like real job after college was working as a reporter at a newspaper. So, oh, you know, okay. I, I, I have that journalistic vibe that just, you know, it's never gone away. And so I love being a journalist and, you know, interviewing people. And like you said, asking questions and, and finding out what I know my audience really wants to ask, but may not have that opportunity. Very cool. And, and having listened to many of your podcast episodes and being on the, or tuning into the Exhibitor Marketing Cafe is, has been, or virtual lunch, you call it, virtual lunch has, uh, has been just a, it's, it's always a pleasure. It's always great to hear other people talking about something that I'm passionate about as well, but bringing in new, new angles and new viewpoints and, and people that I've never met before, heard before. It's you do such a phenomenal job. It's really, really great. Well, thank you. Yeah. And we've kind of put a pause on virtual lunch. I started that in March of 2020, thinking that I was just going to do it, you know, for like a few weeks while we were in lockdown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It ended up being every Tuesday through 2020, twice a month through 21 and once a month in 22. And then now as everybody's really busy, it's, you know, we just kind of put a pause on it. But I've kind of shifted gears a little bit. And now what we're doing is open mic events on LinkedIn audio. where it's actually it's actually having a conversation and so you know if nobody's participated in that before what it is LinkedIn audio is it's kind of like clubhouse if you're familiar with that where it's an audio only event and people can come up on stage and actually join the discussion and so we've had some really lively discussions on there about all different kinds of topics so you know it's just it's a little bit more of a laid-back way because there's no video involved and so that way people don't have to worry about where they are, or what they look like or anything like that. But we could still have a really good in-depth discussion with, with people of all, what I want to say, perspectives in the trade show industry. Very cool. Very cool. Definitely have to check that out. And I love that you're, you're constantly innovating what you're doing and how to get, the, how to get out to the, your listeners and, and people need to know, they need to know this stuff. What I want to know, if I want to, let's go back to when you wrote your first book. Now you said 2002, right? When yes. the first book came out, tell us about that. Yes. Well, and just to put everything in perspective a little bit, I was finishing up the writing just as 9-11 happened. Oh. So 
I was, you know, I was in the final stages of writing. In fact, I remember that day I had an interview scheduled with someone for the book. And, you know, I remember having a conversation with her about, well, do we go ahead and do this? And so we did because it was like, you know, it was scheduled. And at that point, nobody knew, knew what the future held for sure. trade shows. But I can remember at the time thinking it's like, okay, I've just spent all this time writing this book. And now what? Now where do we go from here? Well, you know, things came back and the trade show industry came back. And so, but yeah, I published it in 2002. And basically I wrote it because it was the how-to guide that I wish I would have had as a new exhibitor. I mean, literally that's what it, what, how it started was I started making notes of like, you know, things that I did that worked well, things that I saw other people doing that were horrible or, <laughs> you know, or, or good ideas, you know, things that I picked up at shows either as an attendee or an exhibitor, or I also had helped to organize some shows as well. So, you know, I took all these different perspectives and just compiled, you know, notebooks full of ideas and then started putting the book together. Never had any intention of ever doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know so that was 2002 and then a few years ago people kind of started asking if I ever would consider doing an updated edition because you know obviously things have changed you know we don't have fax machines or at least most people don't have fax <laughs> machines anymore but you definitely aren't using them to market to anybody and then you know social media didn't exist back then podcasts didn't exist back then you know there's so there's a lot of different tools that we have now that we didn't have then and, you know, so a lot of things have changed. And I thought, well, it really, there really is probably a, a good excuse for it. And, but my timing was a little bad. I should have started on it while I was in lockdown. Instead, I decided late 2021 to start working on a new edition. So it became a lot more difficult as, you know, I was finally busy again, <laughs> trying to get it all done. But yeah, so it just now debuted in February of this year. So exactly 21 years after the first one. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Give everybody the title of the book, please. It is Build a Better Trade Show Image. And like I said, it's it's basically, it's start to finish. It walks you through from setting goals and planning for the show to what to do on site and then what to do afterwards, because that's where a lot of times exhibitors drop the ball. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know all too well, having been an exhibitor for many, many years, making a lot of mistakes, especially if you, like me, if you've worked with any smaller businesses where you're dealing with the president of the company or the owner and they're working the show and then they get back and all of a sudden they're deluged with all the emails, phone calls that mm -hmm. they missed while they were out and they never get around to the follow-up and all that opportunity, or they just do a very poor job of following up and they start sifting through and trying to go, which ones should, I? okay, okay, I'll, I'll do these ones. These ones I think were the best ones. And, and then they miss out on huge opportunities. Or one of the worst follow-ups I ever got as an attendee was somebody who called and left a message and said, I'm just doing all these calls and trying to get them out of the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah it's oh. like oh yeah like i'll be calling you back <laughs> you know? right right you really valued our time together and yeah uh, exactly oh my what other aside obviously you know you mentioned you know the the different marketing tools that we have available today the the social media what other big changes have you seen made that that made this edition of the book well, you know, a lot of it is just in like designing the booths in general, as you know, there's a lot of new mm. things available, like, you know, the backlit 
panels, you know, those weren't really a thing 21 years ago. Like fabric graphics. I mean, the, the phenomenal designs that you could do with fabric now that look, I mean, you can make it look like wood. You can make it look like concrete. You know, I've seen a booth that looked like a big concrete pillar, you know, so you can do all of these really cool things and not spend a ton of money on big, you know, heavy, awkward structures in your booth. So, you know, a lot of those kind of things have really come along, you know, again, like I said, a lot of the marketing tools, ways that you can market before the show or during the show have really improved. You know, we didn't have, I mean, we didn't even have YouTube back then. So, you know, there wasn't the ability to do all the video and the, you know, the, what I want to say, the images from the show so that mm -hmm. you could share those out. There wasn't a lot of way to do that. I mean, even here's what's funny going back through. And when I just went through and reread the book and, and started making my notes on what needed to change. I mean, one of the statistics, and I don't remember the exact number, but it was like, you know, how many shows were actually providing a website for their show at that point? And it wasn't everybody, you know, oh, wow. I, mean, it, okay. you know I mean, so in 2002, that's where we were, was it still, you know, email was, yeah, pretty much a thing, but it wasn't really sophisticated and, you know, all the automated tools that we have now and stuff. So a lot of things have really improved that we just kind of take for granted now. Yeah. So I got to ask you, after all these years in this industry, all these years talking about writing about trade shows, why do you keep doing it? Well, I guess because I have a passion. I, I want to see every show I go to, I want to see the best show ever. You know, I want to walk the show floor and I want to be so impressed and I want to see just like, you know, the exhibitors, they get it. They're doing a fabulous job. They're engaging people They're, uh, You know, the booths look great, you know, but sadly, I still walk shows. Well, and on one hand, you know, coming in after the pandemic, we lost so many people. Hmm. So on one hand, we've almost lost ground because a lot of the people that are working the shows now, whether it be, you know, the person that's planning the the exhibit or the person working in the exhibit, the booth staff, they're newbies. They, this is not something that they've done for 10, 15, 20 years. Not that those people necessarily know what they're doing either. I've had people, <laughs> you know, I've had exhibitors <laughs> that say to me after I teach a workshop, that's like, you know, we've been exhibiting for 15 years and nobody ever told us that before. So, you know, there's, there's always room to learn and room to improve, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I love this industry. I love the excitement and the energy of a show floor. And I, I love helping exhibitors. And I love, you mentioned earlier about the littler exhibitors, you know, the 10 by 10s or the yeah. mom and pops. I love working with those exhibitors because sometimes they pull off the most creative, exciting things in a tiny little space because they have to get innovative, you know? Yeah. And they're also sometimes, they're the most open-minded to try something new. Because a lot of the big exhibitors will be like, oh, well, we've always done it this way. And this is what our booth always looks like. Or this is how many people we've always had staffing our booth or whatever. And they're not as open to, well, what if we did this, you know, and completely shake things up. And if there's one thing I love, it's let's shake things up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, and you're so right. You're so right. And, and the, one of the reasons I love working with the smaller exhibitors is because they have so much on the line. If, mm -hmm. they, if they, you know, they might go to one show a year or maybe just a handful of shows a year. And if they don't do well, it could really hurt. But the, yeah. these big companies, they just, it's like they, they're 
just throwing money at it and it's like, yeah, it's whatever works. If it, you know, we'll be back next year either anyway <laughs> yeah. with our 25 well, people. and uh, Exactly. And I can remember one of the clients that I worked with, I was training at their national sales meeting. So they had all their sales force there for, you know, all the shows that they do across the country, but they were gearing up for their big mega show, you know, their mm-hmm. one big spotlight show that they do. And I remember asking them, it's like, well, how many, you know, how many new leads do you want to get? And they're like, oh, well, you know, that's not really why we go. Cause you know, we're well known in the industry and we go to, you know, network and schmooze and whatever, and whatever. And I know the sales director was sitting in the back of the room and she's just rolling her eyes. <laughs> you know? And I yeah. was like, okay, well, let me get this straight. You're going to spend, you know, a quarter of a million dollars or whatever it was to go and bring in all this equipment and set up this big giant booth. And you're not looking to generate new leads. Right. Well, what's wrong with this picture? You know? Yeah. So we finally worked through it and then they set a goal. And actually after the show, they exceeded their goal. Nice. But they would never have even set a goal if I hadn't reframed it for them. It's like, you know, why are you spending all this money just to show up and network with people you already know and people that, you know, longtime people in the industry, you got to go to be generating new business or there's no reason to go. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. I mean, obviously every company needs to brand and you need, for some companies, it would be a, Ooh, where are they? You know, what's going on? What, you know, so, yeah, exactly. So there is that part of it, but that should not be the la- the only reason you're gum. And if you're going to be there anyway, and if you're a big name, you're going to schmooze, you're going to get your branding out there. Let's drive business. How about that? And I exactly. love, so I love exactly. that you yeah. took that approach. Sometimes you just need to put it up in front of people and say, Hey, yeah, why are you doing this? You're throwing, you're leaving money on the tables, what you're doing. You're not throwing it away. You're just leaving it on the table. You're missing opportunities. Yeah. Or what I say is like, you're leaving stacks of money sitting on the empty convention center floor. <laughs> I Ooh, mean, if you're not, yeah, that <laughs> is a getting business out of it. Yeah. That's an image right there. And that should go right to the heart of any, any, company president or VPs or any, you know, leadership of these bigger companies and going, well, we may have got to make sure that we're doing this right. Let's call Marlis right away. <laughs> Get her in here. <laughs> what a couple of big mistakes you think that you've seen exhibitors make over time that are kind of common and they just don't go away. Well, a lot of what I think is the most common is what I call the 10 commandments to booth staffing. I mean, these are mistakes that I see even long time exhibitors making, you know, things like, you know, sitting in their booth and ignoring people that walk by or taking the opposite approach and like attacking people. You know? <laughs> There's a fine line. You got to find the middle ground there, you know, so things like that. But, you know, just like we said, you know, not doing the follow up, not doing the whole process, you know, because it's a before, during and after process. And yeah. too many companies, I think, are focused all on that you know, what happens on the show floor. Although, like I said, sometimes that <laughs> that's not as good as it could be, but you know, they're too focused on that piece and they don't think about all the stuff that needs to come before and all the stuff that needs to come after, because it's just, it, it's gotta be a strategy. And that's really what I emphasize more than anything is it's a strategy. It's not just a checklist and too many exhibitors they're like, well, okay, well, we got the booth design, check. We got the, the uh, everything shipped to the show, check. You know, we got our travel reservations made, check. You know, and they're just checking things off and they're not thinking about 
how can we do this in a way that's going to be more effective or in a way that's going to connect with the audience better or engage people better or draw in the right kind of people even. I mean, you know, that's one thing I hear so often from exhibitors is, oh, we want to get hundreds of people or thousands of people in our booth. And it's like, okay, and how many of those thousands of people that come by to register for the free iPad or whatever it is you're giving away are really legitimately leads, you know? Absolutely. I'd rather have 50, you know, I'd rather have 50 that are legitimate leads than 500 that I have to sort through later. Right. And that's what happens. And then you get the the sales reps and, and they're doing the follow-up or your, you know, inside sales people are doing the follow-ups and they're going, this is garbage. I've called 20 they, in a row. They don't even, they never even heard of us. Yeah. <laughs> and they are not happy with you from giving them all of these leads that they, they're getting them nowhere and wasting their time. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. This is, this is gold. I love this. I hope that <laughs> other people are, are taking notes or are going to rewind. And I'm assuming that a lot of this is covered in your new book. So, to, so give us the, the title again and give us a, a little bit of a rundown. Who, who should get this book? Well, the title again is build a better trade show image. And the, the reason I t- titled it that is because we follow the analogy of building a house. So I talk about how, you know, you've got to build the foundation first and then you build the framework and then you do, you know, all the interior stuff. And, you know, so everything is just layered on each other and walking through the process. So, you know, like I said, it's, you know, it's designed for the newbie exhibitor, especially. I've had a lot of exhibitors over the years tell me that they not only use it as a manual to get ready for the show, they also take it with them to the show. In fact, I just had somebody tell me that she actually, she was doing her first show and she sat on the plane and was going through it and making notes and, you know, and, and really just using it as her guideline for what she needed to do at the show. So, you know, there's that, there's again, the people that have been doing it a long time that maybe want to get some new creative ideas because this particular edition, the second edition has about 40 pages more of examples and tips and ideas than the first edition had. And I've updated everything. I mean, some of them are so new. Some of them are things that I only discovered in November or December. And so they're, they're brand new, hot off the press ideas that people can implement. But I also have a chapter in there for show organizers as well, because, you know, there's a lot of things that they could do. And since I've been on both sides, that's a passion for me as well, is to bring the two together so everybody's working as a team and it's not so much the show organizers just focused on selling space and then you know letting the exhibitors figure it out on their own I think the more that the show organizer provides education and tools and um, you know insights for the exhibitors the better the whole show is going to be and everybody's going to be happier Uh. Keep preaching that. <laughs> I, I agree with you a thousand percent. This sounds fantastic. And you know what? Coming out, you know, we're, we, this is early 2023. We are still coming out of the pandemic, you know, thing and everything's changed. Everything's changed. There's some, some people have not come back to live events yet. So, and, and virtual is, is continuing to become a bigger and bigger part. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it, it sounds like, I mean, we're all newbies again, <laughs> even, even those of us have, have done a hundred trade shows, they're changing and the dynamics mm-hmm. are changing. And so it sounds like this could be a good book for just about anyone that is responsible for for planning planning an exhibit 
And that's how I designed it. You know, I, I wanted to make it so that there's examples of, you know, the little 10 by 10s, but also examples of the big, huge corporate exhibits as well. Awesome. So where can people get the book? Well, what I recommend is go to bookshop.org because that is a website that if you're not familiar, it helps independent bookstores. So you can order your book online and help support an indie bookstore either in your area or in some other part of the country. So that's what I like to see people do. But, you know, pretty much any of the online bookstores, you can order a copy or you can always contact me at exhibitmarketerscafe.com. And I have uh, copies that I can autograph and send to you as well. <laughs> ah, fantastic. I'll drop a link to, to bookshop.org. So you can go right to, to grab a copy of, of Marlis's book or reach out to her. Maybe you can get an autographed copy and make it even, even better. So Marlis, thank you so much for taking the time and, and for every day making the industry better for helping exhibitors with what you've done for a couple of decades now is just amazing. The work that you have, have done is just, is really, really important and really needed in the industry. So thank you for, for all that. And thanks for, for taking the time to join me today. Well, thank you, Jim. It's fun to, to have our fellow podcasters come together here for this. <laughs> it's like we've we've done some things together in the past, but it's fun to actually be a guest on your podcast. Oh, it is an honor to to have you here. I, I really appreciate you. And thanks for blazing the trail for, for me to come along <laughs> so many years later. We have similar passion, similar mission to help those exhibitors make the most out of these huge investments that they're making. So much time, money, mm -hmm. and energy that they're putting into into these shows and and we want to make sure they're walking away smiling and and ready to ready to sign up for next year thank you again and everyone continue share this out with people because this is something that people are going to need to know and go grab a copy of marlis's book you are not going to want to miss that it's going to become a valuable resource for you so and then keep coming back here keep binging on episodes and we'll see you next time here on campus at trade show university